Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Somehow they met, not somehow, God brought them together. Kimmy was spending some time on missions trips down in Costa Rica and they, their paths crossed and they met, fell in love, got married. Well, somewhere along in there, a little before that, Chris and I got to know them because we, we used to live there and uh, we realized, man, these people are really cool. And we, we came home, we've been home for eight-ish years now, and we knew that they were doing something really neat out in the, the area that, that he's born and raised in Chiroles. And we've been kind of following along here and there online and, and when we found out that we were going to be leading a team to Costa Rica from Lighthouse. It was like, oh man, without a shadow of a doubt, we're going to knock on their door to see if we can come down. And they said, absolutely, come on down. So Chris is going to give you a little bit of an idea of what was done down there. Okay, so we took a team of 14 uh, people from Lighthouse, which I think is a great size group for a church our size. We were really excited about that. And Kimmy and Raul started a ministry a few years ago, and they named it Esperanza, which means hope in Spanish. And... So they only receive about three to four groups a year. It's not, it's not the main thing that they do. Their work is mostly concentrated in the community around them. And so, they're, um, so we just basically joined in on what they do on a weekly basis. We lived in their house. We delivered meals to the elderly and prayed for them. We helped with their children's program. And their weekly programs, they have raised up leaders to run those. And actually, four of the leaders were just sent to Thailand to be missionaries there for a year. So that has given opportunity for some other leaders to step up and take over those ministries that they do. And we work directly with those leaders. So just we have a few pictures to show you some things that we did while we were there. And one of the things we did was help on a base. They're building uh, a building that they can run their programs out of because everything right now is done out of Raul and Kimmy's home. And so about half a mile down the rocky dirt road, there is a building that they're building. Good. We have pictures of that. Um, They're able to put a synthetic... Uh, soccer field on it because soccer is a major thing that they have been able to use to disciple people and so we did some work on one of the we helped with that volleyball court which is they call it a sand volleyball court but I'm pretty sure team is mostly gravel Um, and then there's their beautiful soccer field that was already done we got to play on that a couple times and then so we helped on some work in the base in the back room Uh, we were able to put a floor and a wall on one of the rooms we helped put a fence up and we also helped nail some walls um, up on the second story level so we did some of that work in the mornings and then um, so on Sunday we spent some time preparing tamales to deliver the meal that we delivered to the elderly on Monday. So we broke up into groups, had a Costa Rican leader with us, some spoke English and some didn't. Um, so we broke up into groups and went and visited homes and delivered those meals, prayed for them. It was kind of the first look that we got at some of the commun- at some of the homes in the community around us and the way that they live. And it was also a really good opportunity to see. Uh, the leaders that Raul and Kimmy are discipling and uh, just the way they interact with the people and care for them. That was really impactful for some of our team members. And after that, on Monday, some of our team also, we 
tried to contribute a little bit. And so we did some art classes. We did some seed planting, some bracelet making, and some family uh, portraits. So we were able to do that on Monday afternoon. On Tuesday, we helped with a program that they have called I Am Third. It just teaches people that God is first, others are second and ourselves are third. And so they have groups of like um, a group of, sm of younger children and then they have teenagers. They divide them up and they do games and a store, a lesson with the younger kids. And then their favorite part, which is what they keep them there for, is to play soccer at the end of that. So they get the field. And then the older kids are doing like a team building, much like what you would experience like in a church camp or something like that. Um, so they do team building things and then they kick the little kids off the court and then they get to play the rest of the time. So that was fun to see them do that. And then on Wednesday, they have their, what they call Children of the Promise. So it's basically like a Sunday school class for about 50 kids. So we got to help with that. We had some great sports with their relay races, if you can see in the bottom picture, um, you know, balloons and is that is that Darla climbing it's Darla Darla's not here this morning but oh, Darla and man. Mika got to go under all the little kids' legs and um that was really fun so it was really encouraging to me then afterwards at the end of their time together Kimmy was able to encourage them they were going back to school the next week because their break is different than ours so they were going back to school and she just encouraged them that they are children of the promise that they're respectful of their teachers that they are friendly and kind to their classmates and that if they see somebody that's sad to put their arm around them um, so just helping them put into practice the things that they're trying to teach them on a weekly basis then let's see so some other random things that we did, some people helped with food preparation in the kitchen. There was always people in their home, and so people were always playing games and getting to know people in their home. Uh, and then a few were able to share testimony on our Wednesday evening service as well. Thank you, Krista. So yeah, we had a great time. Uh, it goes without saying, awesome. So if you're sitting there thinking, hmm, I wanted to go or I'm going to go someday, you're, you're definitely in luck because at the core of what we do here, we're all about giving back. And that's one of the ways we give back is to go beyond our comfort, go outside of our comfort zones and get stretched and go serve someone. And it's a neat way to, to participate in the Christian walk. And yeah, we'll be doing many more because uh, I know Clint good friend of mine he's it's at it's in his heart totally so uh is that all i'm supposed to say i got the easy part usually she does everything i just finish it so that's it thank you Um, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you guys for coming out today. Uh, and yes, Lyndon, we will be doing another mission trip. So if you're interested in being part of a, a mission trip in the future, hang out here. We'll be announcing it later on this year and inviting you guys to come along because it's a life-changing experience, not just for the people we go and visit and help, but also for ourselves. All right, so uh, just to recap, we are in the middle of a message series titled Family Ties, Characteristics That Connect Us. 
And it's a message series about how the church is supposed to, is supposed to become more of a family to each one of us. And it's important that the church becomes more of a family. And last week, Matt LaFree uh, spoke. If you guys remember, it was titled, A Family That Meets in Groups Together Grows in Life Together. And it was a message about how it's important that we as a church get together. It's really important to get together in groups like this, you know, large groups, but also to get together in small groups and the power of that. And his two points, if you remember, are we should consistently meet together in groups because it gives us a kickstart. It helps us in our Christian walk when we get together in a small group. And then secondly, it creates healthy habits. Because when you're in a small group like that, it holds you accountable in your faith, in your walk. And so it's really helpful. Uh, if you missed that, that message, you can go online to lighthousevineyard.church, and uh, you can listen to it there. But this week, we're going to be continuing that series. And as I had stated uh, a couple of weeks ago, we're going to be focused on prayer today. So I'd like to start by asking the question, when you were growing up or as a kid, did you have some of those memorized family prayers? Anybody have some of those? Is it just me? Yeah, there's a few of us that had those. Um, I remember before every meal, we would pray before we ate. And it was my uh, two older brothers and myself. And we were usually starving by the time it came, you know, dinner time. And so we had, thankfully, a very short prayer. But this is how it went. It, it was, God is good. God is great. Thank you for this food. Amen. And then we dove for the food. It was just like, boom, in on it. Anybody have that one? Anybody say that prayer? Yeah, that was a good one, right? Part of our generation. And then uh, I, I found a sweeter version of it. This is kind of nice. Listen to this one. It says, thank you, God, for the world so sweet. Thank you, God, for the food we eat. Thank you, God, for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. Just go, oh, oh. yeah. You can write that down if you want to use that with your kids. So that's a nice one. I've heard of this one, too. Over the lips, through the gums. Look out, tell me, here it comes. Anybody have that? <laughs> I don't know that that was really a prayer. I don't know what that is, but it's just like, we got to say something, so we're going to say that. Um, I, I know, and then when it came to, like, evening prayers, um, my kids, they, they got the same prayer every night. I don't know if they remember it or not, but it was pretty much the same thing. Like, Rebecca, I would pray for her, and I'd say, dear Lord, be with Rebecca. Help her to sleep well, have good dreams, good night's rest, and a great day tomorrow. Yeah, they were mouthing it over there. They remember that. So that was just like, I would pray that like every night with the kids. But here's one that I found. It's kind of a famous bedtime prayer for children. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, <laughs> I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Amen. What are we thinking? <laughs> I mean, really. If I should die before I wake, that's what we remind our children every night. You might die. <laughs> you might not make it through these next eight hours, but you're in good hands if that happens. Hey, if you, if you prayed that as a child, we do have a prayer team after service. <laughs> Come up. Let us pray with you. Well, you're going to have to tell me it later, man. I got to move on because 
going to move on. So how about adult prayers? Adult prayers. Anyone ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? You guys kind of, some of you have prayed that? Yeah, I remember praying this with my, it was when I went over to my grandparents' house for lunch. We would pray this, and we only prayed it in the King James Version. So that's how we're going to pray it today. You guys going to join me? It's actually from Matthew chapter 6, and this is when the disciples were asking Jesus, how should we pray? And uh, in the King James, this is how he responded. He says, our Father, go ahead and say it with me, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our, as we forgive our debtors, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Why? A lot of you guys know that prayer. Um, did you get hung up on the debts or trespasses, anybody? I always got a little confused on that one. Anyway, prayer. Prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. Most of us have heard of praying. Most of us have probably said a prayer before. Whether we're a follower of Christ or not, we've probably said a prayer in our lifetime. But I would submit to you that prayer can be a little confusing, right? It can be a little confusing. How exactly are we supposed to pray? And I would also say that praying out loud in groups can be pretty intimidating as well. Um, it can make your heart race, make you sweat, and make you just want to run for the door. I remember I was asked to pray at my high school graduation. That was intimidating, I'll tell you that. So I wish I would have gotten up there and done this really heartfelt prayer for all of my fellow students, but really I just wrote something out and I read it with my eyes open the whole way just to get it over with because it was I was scared to death. But one thing is for sure, I will tell you this about prayer. Prayer is super important. It's a super important part of being a follower of Christ. And I would also say that prayer is really, really important for a healthy church as well. So in the series, we've been studying the early church, trying to learn from their example of how they became a healthy church so quickly because we're a new church here as well. And we're trying to discover what they did and, and model it ourselves. So we've seen that the early church consistently met together. We saw that they spent time in worship together, and we also saw that they would get together in smaller groups. But prayer is one of those things that the early church did as well, and they prayed a lot. So here's just a couple of examples from the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, this is right after Peter has preached his first message. So the church is just beginning. And it says in verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Prayer was huge. They spent a lot of time in prayer. Another example was in uh, Acts chapter 4, so just a couple chapters later. Peter and John are arrested because they healed a lame beggar. And then when they were released, in verse 23, it says, On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So their first response when they seen that, that Peter and John are released is to rejoice and thank God for the release through prayer. 
So reality is that prayer is super important. And I would also suggest that as a church, it's one of the most important things that we can do. But for many of us, this is not an easy thing to do. And, and so when we're asked to pray together or pray out loud, it can be super intimidating. And we may not want to actually do it. But I'm going to try to give us some reasons why we should stretch into this, why we should press into this concept of prayer. And by the way, prayer is just talking to God. All right? Simply put, there is no formula to it. It's just talking to God. And knowing that God hears your prayers and knowing that God understands your heart, too. So he knows why you're praying and what your intentions are. So we can be completely transparent to God. But he does want to hear from us. And he does want us to pray together in groups. So uh, I'm going to be giving us an, another example from the early church. It's going to be in Acts chapter 12. You can turn there if you would like. I'll also have the scriptures up on the screen. So at this point, the early church has grown. Uh, it has begun to spread into other areas outside of Jerusalem. But the early Christians have begun to be persecuted. Okay, the um, uh, Herod has turned against the early church. Uh, the Jewish tabernacle has turned against the early church, and so they've begun to be persecuted. So in Acts chapter 12, starting with verse 1, we're going to read through this story. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. James was one of the, the 12 disciples. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So Peter now, one of the disciples, is arrested. He is thrown in jail. He is awaiting sentencing. And most likely, the intent is to kill Peter as well. And in verse 5, it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So the church begins this earnest prayer, and you know that God's going to answer that. You know that God's going to move. So something's going to happen. So in verse 6, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Now, there were actually 16 soldiers that were assigned to keep Peter captive. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison. Now, as this is all happening, Peter thinks he's dreaming, you know, but as he walks out of the jail and into the city, he kind of comes, uh, comes to realization that it's not a dream. So in verse 12, it says, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. So just a side note, guys, um, 
This is, I love the honesty of scripture, right? It's actually one of the reasons we can trust that the scripture is real and it's not just a fairy tale. Because, I mean, Rhoda doesn't even open the door for Peter, you know? I mean, he's knocking and she just runs back and leaves him hanging outside. So um, scripture shows both the good and the bad. It doesn't just show the good of what happened. So it's, a, it's an actual account of the story. So finishing this up in verse 16, but Peter kept on knocking and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. So God answered their prayer. Peter was freed from prison. So today's message is titled, a family that prays together experiences more of God's power. It's not a great title, it doesn't rhyme, you know, it was just one of those titles, but it's true. A family that prays together will experience more of God's power. So I'm going to give us a couple of points, a couple of reasons why we should press into this concept of praying together, all right? But let me pray, and then I'll give you a couple of points you can fill in on your handout. So God, we come to you and just thank you for your scripture. We thank you for those that have gone before us, Father, that have modeled what we're supposed to follow after. And we thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. For thousands of years, you've been answering our prayers, God. So Lord, I ask that you would help us today to hear from you, that you'd help us to understand from scripture what you want us to do, and that we would be more motivated, Father, to press into this concept of prayer today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. We can see more of God's power when we pray earnestly. When we pray earnestly. Going back to verse 5, it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So I looked up the, the Greek word for earnestly, and it is this word called extenes, which means without ceasing or fervent. All right? Without ceasing or fervent. So I'm going to talk about both of those. So some versions of the Bible actually translate that and say that the church was praying without ceasing. That was one of the, the options there. And, and certainly, I think the church was doing this. They were praying into the night. And in fact, it was so late that Peter was sleeping, and the angel actually had to wake Peter up. So the, the church has, gotten, has gathered together, and they're praying without ceasing. But I really like the second definition a little bit more, this concept of fervent. All right, fervent. So this Greek word is used in only one other place in the New Testament. It's actually used by Peter when he wrote the book of 1 Peter. It's in 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So this concept of love each other fervently earnestly. I, I like that. I like that concept. Because if you get a picture of that, loving each other deeply implies that you're loving them with all of your heart, right? With all of your soul. It's this idea of getting emotionally involved. So what does that mean when, it, when it says that the church was praying earnestly? I think that they were getting emotionally involved. That's what I think. I think that they might have been getting a little worked up in their prayer. Um, here's, here's one example 
of, of, of what I would consider um, somebody getting a little worked up earnestly or fervently. Uh, we've all been to uh, preschool graduations before, right? Many of us have been there, and they always sing the song, right? And the kids all stand, stand up in a line, and, and, and they just sing the song along. But uh, there's usually that one, right? There's usually that one. So I found this video, and this is Sophia. Watch this, and then we'll talk about it. Well, you can't hear her singing, but you can see her singing. <laughs> Sorry, you guys can stop that. Um, she's singing from one of her favorite songs from Moana. Moana. And uh, she was fervently singing, you know, fervently singing. All right, so she got emotionally involved, very emotionally involved. So now as we pray together <clears throat> as a church, I do believe that part of the process should be that we get emotionally involved. Now, I'm not saying that we should jump up and down and scream and holler. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> but I'm guessing when the church was together in the middle of the night praying for Peter's release, they weren't just sitting on their hands quietly rehearsing some memorized prayer. They were emotionally involved. They really wanted Peter to be rescued. So here's something you can write down. When we pray together at Lighthouse, it's okay to break a sweat. It's okay to get emotionally involved to really begin to care and to plead about the situation that you're praying for. That's, that's the first point. Let's earnestly pray together when we pray together, all right? Because God is listening. That's point number one. And then point number two is we can see more of God's power when we combine our faith, combine our faith. Let me explain this a little bit. So James was killed. He was arrested and he was killed. And then Peter is also arrested, waiting for, waiting for trial and most likely execution because that was probably going to happen just the next day. Now he's chained between two soldiers. He's got 16 soldiers that are assigned to guard him. And if he escapes, those 16 soldiers will pay for it with their lives. And in fact, if you read the rest of the chapter, because Peter did escape, they end up getting executed. So these soldiers are all in. I mean, they are not going to let this prisoner go. And that's what the church understands. He understands what the, what the dire situation is for Peter. There's no way that he's going to escape without a miracle. So the church was praying for this. But let me submit to you that I believe there were some people who were praying in this church, in that house, that had some doubts. All right, they were praying, but I'm not sure they believed that Peter was actually going to be freed. So let's go back to the scripture, verses 13 through 15. It says, Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and explained, Peter is at the door. Listen to the response. You're out of your mind. 
There's no way that Peter's at the door. What are you, you crazy? I mean, that's what they're saying. I mean, they're, they're praying fervently, but yet there's a little bit of doubt. You can see it in their response. Once she kept on insisting that it was so, they said, it, it must be his angel. They must have killed him. His angel's floating around. I mean, who knows? But it's not Peter. can't be Peter. So they didn't believe that God had actually answered their prayers, at least some of them. But Peter kept on knocking. And, when the, and this is verse 16. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. They were astonished. So the group, the overall group, was astonished that God actually answered their prayer. It seems like some of them, anyway, didn't have much faith. And I'll tell you guys, that's me sometimes. You know, there are times when I'm praying for something and my faith just isn't there. And there are other times that I do have really strong faith. But when we pray together, it combines our faith. What I love is the mention of the servant girl, Rhoda. There aren't many women in the New Testament, the Old Testament, who are mentioned by name, especially servant girls. But her name is mentioned. And I think it's because she had faith. She heard Peter's voice. She just heard someone through the door. And she got super excited. She said, it's Peter. And she runs over. And she's super excited. I mean, she forgets to open the door. But, but she still is so excited. And she's like, no, it is Peter. I know it's Peter. Not just somebody who sounds like him. Our prayers are answered. We need some rotas in our life sometimes. People who have the faith when we don't have the faith. So last Thursday night, just a few days ago, uh, we were having a time of prayer. We do this on Thursday nights. We were praying for the church. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I have a cold. You, you can't tell. And, and so I'm starting to feel a little down physically. And, and we go into this prayer. And I don't know. I just didn't have a lot of faith. The week before, I was feeling better. But this week, I'm like, all right, we're going to pray. But I don't have a lot of faith coming into it. And then Jim Overholzer, I love Jim. Jim's over here, comes in. And this is what he's singing. He's singing, we are the champions, my friend. I mean, he's, right? I mean, that's just what he's doing. <laughs> and he says, you guys got to hear this song. God gave me this song on the way here. And so we, we pull up the lyrics, and these are the lyrics, all right? It says, I've paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence but committed no crime. And bad mistakes, I've made a few. I've had my share of sin kicked in my face, but I've come through. And we mean to go on and on and on and on because we are the champions, my friend, and we'll keep on fighting till the end. And he says, the lyrics are a powerful word for us today. I don't know that Jim had ever heard Queen sing before, you know? <laughs> but you know what it did for me? I mean, Jim came in. I mean, he was pumped up. Because it's true, guys. As followers of Christ, we are the champions. We are not losers. And we're going to win this battle. Whatever battle is thrown against us, we're on the winning side. And so when we pray, we can pray with confidence and with faith that we are going to win whatever battle is in front of us. So Jim's faith mustered my faith. You know, it strengthened me. And so when we prayed together, there was more power 
than if I was praying by myself. In fact, there's a scripture that speaks to that, a very powerful scripture. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20 says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. There is power when we gather together to pray. There is power in that. So you can write this down. This is your last fill-in. It says, my little faith combined with others' little faith is massive. Is massive. So I think one of the things that's really important for us as a church is to get together and pray. Now, I do think it's really important for each of you to pray on your own and to have that one-on-one relationship with God. And if you don't have a one-on-one relationship with God, I would love to talk to you about that and pray with you about that. So that's really important. But it's also really important that we as a church combine our faith. You know, I was, we were actually praying before service, <coughs> excuse me, today. And as we were praying, I just had this image of like a super weapon, you know, that this is a super weapon that we have, but the enemy has convinced us that we don't have it. You know, he's distracted us from it. And as I was just kind of seeing this this bazooka type weapon in my mind, it was rusty, had dust on it, you know, because there is power when we pray together, and yet many of us never pray together. Let me just say that. I think that's true. Many of us might have our own relationship with God where we pray by ourselves, but husbands and wives, are you praying together? You know, friends, do you guys get together and pray, or do you get together and watch Netflix? You know? I mean, I think we, we as a church are super distracted from using this powerful weapon that we all have. And that is to combine our prayers, to combine our faith. And it will move the kingdom forward if we do it. So my little faith combined with others' little faith is massive. Massive. Well, here at Lighthouse, there's a couple of opportunities that we have, formal opportunities that we have for you to get together and and pray in groups. Uh, One of them I've already mentioned is on Thursday nights. So at 6.30 and Thursday nights in the multipurpose room, we get together and we just pray. We've been doing this since before the church actually started. Every week, getting together and praying for an hour. It won't kill you. An hour seems like a long time for some of you. For others, you're like, you only pray for an hour? Yeah, it's just an hour. Um, But it is really helpful for me. It's helpful for the church. And so we would love to have you join us. Anyone is welcome to come and help us pray for the church and for the community on Thursday nights at 6.30. Also, uh, we pray before every service on Sunday morning. So at 9.15, we meet in this room right across the hall here, uh, and we just intercede and pray in a group for uh, what's going to happen here on Sunday mornings. And then uh, young adults, they get together every Friday night. So as Matt said, if you're out of high school and not yet 30, and you want to hang out with other people your age and uh, get together and pray, I mean, can you guys do pray, right? Yeah, okay. Just want to make sure. (laughs) 
Yeah, so every Friday night is an opportunity to com combine your prayers. Um, also, we have home groups. If you're not in a home group, get in a home group. I'm just telling you now. Uh, this could be your first time here at the church. You're welcome to get into a home group. You don't have to pay your dues time after time. No, you just, just come, and, uh, and you can sign up for a home group. Just check the box on the Connect card. Turn that in at the Welcome Center. And then we have a, a Facebook group, by the way. Um, that's a great place. If you're part of that group, it's a great place to put in prayer requests. So you can submit them there. Um, if you want to be part of that group, I don't know how you do that. You just, I guess, email me. I'll figure it out. So, so we can see more of God's power when we combine our faith. All right, I'm going to invite Krista to come up here. She's going to play the keys. And we're going to do something a little bit different. We did something like this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but we are going to pray together as a church, all right, in smaller groups. Um, typically, what we do right now is we invite you to come up if you have any prayer requests. And we have a prayer team who's been trained, and they will pray with you uh, up here in the front. Because it's good to do that. And again, we do that every week. It's good to come forward and combine you know, your faith with somebody else and let them pray with you, kind of that one-on-one -on -one prayer. But today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to enlist all of us, all right, onto the prayer team. Because I'm guessing in a group this size, there are several of us that have something going on where you would like to have prayer, right? Just, just if you think about it, it could be a job situation, could be a relationship situation, could be a health situation, a financial situation. I mean, in a group this size, there are dozens of us that could use prayer, right? But many times we just don't do it. So what we're going to do today is we're going to just gather in groups of like three or four or five people, just like the people sitting around you, all right? And we're going to then say, hey, I could use prayer for this. And you just share whatever it is. And then the people in the group, your job is to actually do this scary thing called praying out loud, all right? And as you pray out loud, the rest of us in the group are supposed to just like agree with that prayer. That's the power of it. You know, as you pray out loud, then the other person's like, yeah, that is great. Now, for many of us, you may have never prayed out loud before, especially with a group of strangers. All right. That's OK. We're kind of all in this together. God is listening to our hearts much more so than he's listening to the words that we say. OK, there is no perfect prayer. Okay, so go ahead and stand up. Everybody stand up. And then this is our ministry time. This is the end of service, okay? So after your group is done praying, which might be like just 30 seconds, you pray for one thing and you're done, we have food, okay, over there. And uh, I'm going to actually pray for the food and thank God for the food. I'll just do the God is good, God is great, you know, prayer real quick. No, I'll actually pray. Um, I'll pray for the food in our time. And after your group is done praying, you're welcome to go and uh, grab some food and uh, sit down and start eating, okay? And if you're uncomfortable with praying together, you're welcome to go ahead and go get in the front of the line. It's okay, all right? But I would encourage you, if you would, be brave. Get into a group of three, four, five people and just ask them to pray with you. And I believe that God hears those prayers and will answer those prayers today. But let me pray. So, Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for growing us to be more like what you want us to be, God. I thank you for growing us together, Father. 
And Lord, I just ask in advance that you would hear our prayers, Lord. Hear our prayers. Hear our calls out to you, Father. And Lord, I do thank you for the food that's been prepared for us. And I pray that you would develop and continue to create community among us, Father. And just be with us this week, Lord. Help us to combine our prayers, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So go ahead, get into groups of three, four, five, and, and just go ahead and pray. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.